top of the hour. Uh, Dan, David, and I will uh, try to cover for uh, Josh this evening. Uh, a couple of topics we wanted to share. Uh, one is uh, just a couple minutes on uh, the UAS knowledge exam. Uh, there, there's plenty going on in addition to uh, uh, the remote ID NPRM uh, in it, uh, that we're doing with uh, the FAA. And as I've uh, mentioned on uh, uh, some of the posts that we've made, uh, we have been able to connect with uh, companies, organizations, and associations that have decades of experience with the S with the FAA, and it's provided us good background. And we were uh, pretty early on uh, tipped to uh, to make make sure that uh, we encourage uh, folks to provide. And and I've uh, quoted uh, Bruce many times that uh, the comments should be uh, personal, polite, professional, and constructive. And they also should be unique, so they sh uh, should not be a, a copy and paste. And so that's uh, uh, that is something that was uh, we echoed or uh, uh, verified uh, by some of the FAA folks. And we had a couple of uh, FAA staff and one uh, FAA executive with us uh, last week in Washington. Um, briefly, yeah, that that knowledge test is very much so overshadowed by all of the NPRM <laughs> stuff, but it's still important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, Dan took the lead on responding to a request, a request for, information. for information. Someone's got Someone's their, got their uh, mic on. If you're not speaking, if you go on mute. Um, so back in the I think it was the September timeframe, 2019. Uh, the FAA put out a request for information for the UAS Recreational Knowledge Exam. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, in the 2018 uh, FAA Reauthorization Act, uh, there was a requirement that a, a test must be uh, performed or uh, passed by all uh, flyers of UAS. So that includes um, RC models, sailplanes, drones, etc. cetera. Uh, well, so for all of us. Um, uh, and so we, the, uh, we were, uh, much of the information that was discussed uh, uh, with us, uh, it's pretty standard with the FAA. FAA was embargoed. They asked us to please uh, don't talk about any of the content that uh, that we talked about or uh, that was uh, put down as uh, uh, a uh, set of agreed to requirements, if you will, from uh, the organizations and companies that were represented. So uh, FPVFC was one of 12 organizations that were invited to provide uh, requirements to the FAA on the administration. And so the FAA has divided, divided up the UAS knowledge test into two pieces, one the content, and they met with a group of uh, companies and organizations in the April timeframe. And then from there, uh, they created a set of uh, questions. So the questions and answers are locked down. And this meeting uh, last week was to discuss the administration of the test. And so, um, as I say, good set of discussions, um, uh, things that they were uh, asking about 
uh, very much reflected a lot of the questions that were in the RFI and that was uh, that was public. Um, so it's, uh, you know, uh, they were asking us questions like how long should it take? Uh, how do you administer it? They, uh, they had a requirement that the, we had to uh, be able to um, have a test, a learning management system that was SCORM or SCORM compliant. Uh, Dan has uh, taught me about uh, what that means, a, uh, a system that many universities around the U.S. use uh, for tests and uh, management of uh, test uh, grades. We talked about the, the, the data, the management of what would be sensible in terms of uh, managing the privacy data, respecting uh, and minimizing the amount of personal data that we uh, have anywhere. And so there was uh, having people who are deep, deep into online training was very helpful. And we also had a good number of folks who were uh, happily subject matter experts around uh, uh, unmanned aerial systems. I find it interesting that they ask us how long the test should be when they pretty much have the, the questions <laughs> locked down. And are not going to change that. <laughs> like, well, yes. How are just, we going to make it any check, longer or shorter? Right, just check. You know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll put it in, you know, in bigger fonts, so you have to read a little more slowly. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. There, but there they were were absolutely were like not that. ready to share what those test questions are at all. <laughs> the magic. That's it. Shiny toy. Shiny toy. <laughs> Uh, but as I say, good discussion. We absolutely had the, uh, I was uh, surprised the number of FAA people that were there. Uh, we had one director in the uh, UAS um, uh, integration office and we had uh, no fewer than uh, uh, three FAA attorneys uh, and uh, a couple other folks. And it was good. There was a good representation and uh, a great discussion. Um, as I say, the, uh, um, questions or comments, as you know, as I mentioned, or Dan, did you want anything that you wanted to add about the uh, knowledge uh, knowledge test? No, not really. Just say again that yeah, it's been totally overshadowed by the NPRM. This is also something that a lot of people don't know is coming and are probably going to be surprised about when it does hit, and it's something to be concerned about. Um, but hopefully, we'll make the best of it. And uh, you also had a great chance to meet a lot of those other companies or organizations that are going to be there. And I know yes. way at the beginning, you briefly mentioned some of those, but if you wanted to run over the, those 12 organizations again and who you had a chance to talk to more and things like that would be great for people to hear. I will do. Let me, uh, let me find the list. I have it here. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the topics we talked about. And so uh, I think everyone agreed that uh, we would have to be able to change the exam when a remote ID comes into play. I've got the answer. Broadcast only. Tom, can I say something? Please. Um, yeah, I just got a microphone and a camera. How about that? Um, so is there any chance that our comments will make any kind of change in the the future and and how much chance is there that these regulations will change in the future because I've seen them change several times over the past five or six years. I thought that 336 was the way that they were going to go, for instance. Yeah, good, good question. Um, 
the the uh, the, the quick answer is uh, we don't know, um, and uh, it, it's a it's more than a little disconcerting um, when we think about all the input that the FAA had, uh, the Aviation Rule Committee, uh, Rulemaking Committee, uh, that what goes back to 2015-16, so sometimes called the ARC, uh, then the uh, ASTM uh, work group that wow. was uh, working on um, uh, UA, UAS, UAS tracking and monitoring uh, that, that uh, timed out uh in about october 2019 and that was well, that had been going on for over a year and then uh, i had a very minor role in a, a, a drone advisory committee uh, tasking group that uh, was approved in october of this past year and submitted to the faa on the subject of remote id and so the folks who uh, released the same organization, the UAS uh, Integration Office, uh, ignored uh, pretty much uh, most of the input uh, from those three very serious uh, uh, pieces of work. So um, the the FAA is required to listen to the industry, required to listen to stakeholders, and you know so far. Um, they they're not, and so uh, our our plan forward is to uh, and we talked about so interesting comments from the the FAA folks realize that you know they've been listening for years and they come out with the um, remote ID NPRM and it's like really you know, th you know, there's a huge uh, dichotomy from what uh, what was provided as input and what they came out with. And so we are. We suspect that uh, there was significant uh, pressure applied to the FAA from Department of Homeland Security, and we are encouraged uh, by uh, folks across the FAA to take the comment period very seriously, and we are, and we'll provide, uh, as we said, um, unique, personal, professional, constructive, polite comments uh, to the FAA. And uh, we, at the, at the subsequent to the uh, March 2 end of comment period, we'll then start up a, uh, a campaign to uh, congressional representatives and senators. Senators will provide uh, copy and paste templates, uh, unlike submissions or comments to the FAA, uh, providing copy and paste uh, templates to our congressional representatives does work. They do use counters, and so that's a, that's a fair way to, uh, to work that. Uh, and um, one of the things that I was teasing the, uh, one of the FAA uh, staff members is that uh, there, was, there was a very significant positive that came out of the, uh, uh, that has come out of the uh, uh, remote ID NPRM. And that is that we have, uh, they've brought together uh, the whole UAS community uh, like nothing else uh, before. So they are absolutely a forcing function in a, in a positive sense. And so we are uh, working with, and we pro we've provided uh, the list of talking points, the distillation to six pages of the 319 pages, the FAQ, whatever we're writing, we happily share with folks uh, across uh, not only uh, recreational UAS or uh, drones, but also uh, manned aviation, 
uh, industries, associations, and manufacturers. And so we've got some um, uh, we, we've we've gotten some help from people in ALPA, AOPA, uh, AIA. So these are uh, aerospace and aviation industries, as well as uh, manufacturing folks. And um, this is we've we've come to meet uh, these people because of the work that we're doing with the FAA on the tasking groups. So we've, uh, as Dan was saying, things are being overshadowed by the. Um, the uh, the uh, remote ID NPRM, and we're also working on uh, the uh, two tasking groups that came out of the October 2019 DAC. One was the uh, UAS facility maps, and the second one was uh, uh, on uh, one of the uh, the major group is uh, beyond visual line of sight, and uh, I'm leading a subgroup on spectrum slash C2 and. Uh, that will be those uh, reports will be published and hopefully approved by the DAC on February 27. So sort of getting back to what Volatronics original question was, I think a lot of what you're saying is what gives me hope that what we're doing will make a difference, especially the part where you're talking about we get the feeling from the FAA that some people, at least in the FAA, are not happy with this remote ID and PRM and they want the community to uh, point out the flaws in it, and they actually want to make it different. At least that's the hope I yeah. have. Can I? Um, I'd like to give an example, if you don't mind, of how the comments section, this two month period, actually works. So in 2016, the DEA wanted to schedule Kratom and all its derivatives, which is just an over, I wouldn't say over the counter, but it's a. It's just basically um, an Asian tree, the leaves that are crushed up. Sometimes, you know, they try to dissipate it. But nonetheless, uh, it was in smoke shops and other things. Lots of people found it helpful to get off of pain medication, other things, but it was non-regulated at all. The DEA decided, eh, we're going to put it in the same category as LSD and heroin. Um, they put their, they opened up their 60-day window. They had so many comments within the first 30 days that it crashed their servers. And before the 60 days was even up, they took it off the table and said, all right, we're going to wait for an actual analysis from the FDA, and then we'll reconvene at a later time. Well, the FDA put their recommendation in and their analysis in 2018. That got ripped to shreds by the scientific community because it was completely flawed. Here we are 2020, the DA has absolutely no plans to schedule it. So if you want to know if it makes a difference, yes, it can. That's good to hear. Yeah, and the uh, and, and I agree with Dan that uh, certainly the folks who were sitting around the room uh, on the knowledge exam, uh, we're trying to point to you know that they they listened uh, carefully and closely uh, back in April on the uh, test content, and they uh, they promised that they were listening carefully uh, to us last uh, Tuesday. So, as I said, um, you know I'm gravely disappointed that uh, the initial take on the uh, or at least you know what was published in the NPRM. Was uh, many uh, critical and uh, significant inputs were ignored. 
I if um, someone's got a, a mic open. Not me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I, I have I found. Just to ask, uh, yeah, go ahead. To be honest, I'm okay with the whole entire transponder system as long as it's more open source and integratable into our drones. But uh, yeah, I just I'm just gonna I'm writing my 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 comments right now on it on a Google Doc and. Uh, the hundred outline right now is just to try to just urge the service to at least make it. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> I think we lost him and then he went on mute. Oh, can you hear me now? Uh, I can hear Dave, but I think we lost Tired Flyer. But now he's coming oh, back. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, yeah, just wanted to say that. Uh, uh, I'm actually writing my comments right now on Google Doc. I already found the link and stuff like that. So uh, I think for now, I'm just going to just try to just to make the point that uh, open source uh, open source transponder system is an option. So that's my whole deal on my comment, at least. So Dave, do you want to say what was what have we done so far on the NPRM and what are we working on next? Absolutely. And so the so what we've created uh, to date is we and uh, th these are uh, there we have links and Google Docs up on our website. So we've got a six-page distillation of the NPRM. We've got an FAQ. We've also got a I think it's about eight or nine pages of um, talking points, and the talking points are, have a table and it tries to characterize the NPRM as it stands and what we would like it to be. And so we've tried to use a couple of tables to break the uh, NPRM into groups that make uh, sense and are sufficiently coherent in a an emission and a uh, aircraft so that we're characterizing this is what we need to uh, perform this type of mission. Um, then our next step, one of the things that uh, I started writing the other day is uh, our comments. And uh, one of the things I should say is that in all of these documents, we've uh, asked folks for uh, for comments. And so we're we're really interested in what do you think? What did we miss? Uh, you know, does, is this agreeable? Does this, uh, does this make sense? Um, and so uh, in terms of a timeline, uh, we are we want to be uh, pencils down on the talking points document, and over the next several weeks, we'll issue uh, our uh, comments, and we we want to try to get that uh, get comments back on the uh, what we will submit as uh, FPBFC, and then share the heck out of that with all of the organizations and different folks uh, that we've met. Uh, some, some of you have hopefully seen that we're, uh, we're working with and we created a document with uh, Drone U. And uh, to me, that's a great example of uh, good cooperation as well as the overlap between commercial and recreational. Uh, and so they put out a guidebook on how to prepare comments and uh, you know, it's a good, good piece of work. And they included a number of our thoughts as well as uh, uh, links back to, uh, to our site 
uh, and attribution. So not, um, just more sharing. And uh, that's a way that we feel we're going to maximize um, uh, the view. And if folks have not read it, there's a great um, uh, uh, little short paper uh, from DJI, written by Brendan Schulman. And uh, it, it outlines the DJI position, but it's also uh, very uh, clearly goes through some of their significant concerns. And I know one of the concerns that they, uh, that DJI has is the limited, the UAS limited device cannot power up um, uh, if it can't see the sky. Uh, and it also, if it cannot uh, connect to the internet, it won't uh, power up and fly. So not being able to fly because of lack of connection is uh, something that uh, we feel is it's one of the most overly restricted uh, devices we've ever heard of. Uh, so that's certainly um, uh, one of the positions where, where that you've probably or hopefully have seen in the talking points. Uh, Dan, oh, that looks like someone has uh, just posted that uh, the DJI uh, comment in there. Was that? Yep. yep. I, yeah, was I Dan. posted Thank both the Drone U advocacy kit link and the DJI. Uh, yeah, Brendan's. Thanks little blog post there. One one Perfect. thing that I would recommend to is maybe to post somewhere. I, I highly recommend everybody get their comments in before one week prior to the cutoff date. I've got a lot of experience with government servers and their lack of bandwidth planning. And if everybody waits to the last week, there's a good chance a lot of the comments won't get submitted. That's a great point. I was going to that, that perfect lead into, I, I will emphasize that. Um, that is absolutely one of the comments that's been recommended to me that, uh, so from the timing in terms of what are we going to try to do through February, early February, get the uh, our comments written down and out there for, for comments from this community nail it down and start sharing across organizations, industry, partners, associations, manufacturers, retailers, whoever is interested, they're welcome to see what comments we think are appropriate. And then uh, approximately two weeks before uh, March 2, uh, we, pro we propose to uh, uh, post the FPV FC comments up to the FAA. And, uh, you know, it, you know our comments you know as an organization will have you know, a counter from the FAA as, as one and so you know it the uh, um, you know, we can oh, wow. articulate that we're representing an organization and a and a community and we've gone to great lengths to size the community of um, FPV uh, pilots we think is about approximately 150,000 across uh, the United States, but we're not speaking for, uh, you know, we're not putting the physical comments in for everyone here. So um, we want this, uh, we'll create, we're creating, uh, we hope uh, articulate and to say it again, uh, personal, professional, constructive, polite comments to the FAA. And we, we hope that uh, folks on the phone use these as uh, you know, a starting point to create your own uh, personal story. Um, may I, um, as an aside, this is not really, well, it's kind of related, but it's not really related to the current discussion. Uh, I've noticed on AirMap, which I used, you know, so I wouldn't be in violations of anything. It's changed. All the places that used to be restricted, like the prison nearby me, used to have orange around it. 
it's all gone. It's probably catching up with the um, uh, the, the work the, um, the the changes that were made in the uh, exception as of uh, May of uh, 2019. And so, if you are, uh, for example, oh, guy can uh, fly with the prison now. Not over yeah. the prison. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Air Max says it's cool. No. <laughs> Okay, I guess I took the bait. <laughs> no, you can't. You cannot fly over the prison. Please don't. <laughs> it, it won't. It won't be good for any of us. Uh, but there were, there, there were a number of uh, positive changes that happened uh, this year uh, prior to uh, those of us using uh, recreation or flying under recreational uh, operations and using Lance that were very positive. One is that if you are if you live in or if you're going to fly in uncontrolled uh, airspace, there's you just go fly and uh, don't worry about it. And so. Uh, uh, I'm in a upstate New York area, and uh, I have about 50 miles in either direction of uncontrolled uh, airspace. That's a pretty nice place to be. Uh, yeah, so for, like I, I saw in Knoxville, it's got this big purple circle around McGee Tyson Airport, and it's got this like cookie cutter thing cut out from some, um, I guess, facility. But you, apparently, you don't have to get link permission to fly in there. But everywhere else, it's like got 400 feet, 200 feet, 100 feet, zero. Right. Yeah, if you're if you are in controlled airspace, you do need to use uh, Lance to gain uh, approval oh, for that, and it will uh, you, you'll it'll kick back. You know, here's the uh, maximum altitude above ground level that you can uh, uh, you're approved to fly in. Yeah, and it's so, too bad that the apps like Kitty Hawk and AirMap can't show you everything. Because you you sort of go to them to say, oh, can I fly here? But they don't include things like national park information and you know, other restricted places where you're not allowed to fly. Oh, they still outline the Obed River in red still, which is a darn shame because there are some cliffs there that would be just like, oh, my God. Yes. And so one of the uh, uh, the tasking group that uh, that I'm working on uh, and that I'll be presenting at the uh, the DAC uh, is uh, is about um, when you look at the those grids on the facility map, they are around a mile by mile. There's one degree by one degree. So um, we're going to uh, split that to a half degree, half degree, which means if it's one rectangle now, it'll be four rectangles in the future. At least that's the proposal. So that's the recommendation to the FAA. And uh, we've also proposed uh, shielded operations. Let's see, is Bruce still on? Thank you, Bruce, for the uh, the idea. Uh, this is a uh, uh, the the concept of being able to fly below an obstacle or obs an obstruction. And uh, uh, if you're in controlled airspace, then you'd still use Lance. And if you're not, uh, then you know you're you're fine to uh, to fly. Uh, but and then, so it's not over the prison. <laughs> That's correct. The prison, a uh, a DOD site, uh, you know, a base. You know, those are those are definitely uh, places we're not supposed to fly. Why twelve was right out? Okay. Uh, in addition, um, uh, one of the things that uh, 
that continues uh, a topic of discussion is what are the incentives that would be uh, prudent for the FAA to uh, uh, to put out there to encourage people to uh, to use uh, remote ID, and that's uh, that's something that uh, you know to me if we're if we say all right, I get it, you know, remote ID is an okay thing for beyond visual line of sight, and that is our our view. And so if we if we do that, then wouldn't it be great if we uh, if we uh, bought in for uh, that type of equipment on board the uh, the drones, transponders, and whatever else? That there's something in return for this, like being able to fly uh, over a national park on set days or things like that, be able to get additional benefits from municipalities to be able to take off and land where maybe we can't cannot today. So those are uh, topics of active discussion uh, right now. So you know, more optimistic than certainly than uh, the remote ID that uh, that we got on uh, December 26. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Dave, for giving us everybody an update on what the FPV FC has been up to and what we're working on next. I was wondering if we could ask Bruce Simpson to speak for a minute about where he's at, what are some of his plans, what he's working on, and anything he can give, any tips he can give us for working with the FAA on this or whatever his plans are. I know he's got some great plans and he's not at liberty to speak to all of them, but whatever he can tell us would be great. If he's yeah, still me? there. Is yep, there he is. Yeah. Yes, we can. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple of initiatives. Obviously, one of them we're probably aware of is the it would Global Drone Day or whatever, where we try and get all the, as many of the world's drones in the air at once and model aircraft to basically show that it's not going to cause the sky to fall and people will not die. So that's just one thing. And also, we, the problem is we can talk all we want to the FAA, we can talk all we want to the politicians, but we're small in number, we don't carry much weight. We have to use leverage, and that means we've got to get the public to talk on our behalf. So we have to get our message to the public, and the only really effective way to do that is through the mainstream media. So what I want to do is create some events that capture the attention of the mainstream media who want to recover these events, and then we can piggyback our message on the back of that to reach the people who currently think drones are evil, drones are spying on them, drones are going to stalk them all hours of the day. And so I want to, first of all, create the strategies to get the media's attention. As I say, the first one is the... Uh, the, the Global Drone Day, which will be setting a record. It should be the maximum number of drones ever flown at one time in the entire history of the planet. So, yeah, that, that's probably the most public one I've got. Another one is to go through all the different regulations in the different countries and cherry pick them. You know, as you say, you've looked at the, the shielded operation and so forth. Now, every country has a different set of regulations and every country has good aspects and bad aspects. So what I want to do is go through all the regulations and summarise the good and the bad and then present to politicians and the FAA, of course, um, this is what we have seen working in other countries. We know this works because they're in, for, for example, in Canada, where they have no prescriptive rules for sub-250. There has not been, to my knowledge, one single incident involving a sub-250 craft that has endangered anybody or, or shut down an airport or anything. So you can use that as evidence to say, well, you don't need to have prescriptive rules. Follow in the footsteps of those countries that have already proven to have regulations that are totally effective. If you if you vary from that, you're taking a risk that your regulations will not be as good. And so there's that. Um, and remember, we have to um, decide also, I think, if we, if the NPRM is modified before it goes to the politicians, they may water it down a bit, which means it's more likely to pass. So I'm thinking, 
should is it a good idea to have the NPRM modified? Because at the moment it is so appalling. It's going to be, I think, a fairly easy job to convince the public and the politicians that it is not fit for purpose. You can't cancel a hobby because Amazon wants to fly noisy drones over your house. But if they tweak it a bit, it's more likely to get through. Should we focus on having the NPRM modified and weakened a bit to give us some edge? Or should we say, no, leave it as it is, and then let's just focus on the politicians and have the whole damn thing thrown out? And then we can say, well, how about we reinstate something like Section 336 and move the hobby out of this commercial drone space regulation? We need to draw a clear distinction between the two like we did before and say the FAA is clearly incapable of providing adequate and sensible regulation for the hobby. So once again, we must take that responsibility from them. The people whose regulatory abilities have cost the lives of over 300 people this year and two airline crashes alone and put it back in the hands of the community itself which has an impeccable track record of safety and responsibility over many decades. So I'm still formulating some of these strategies, but the thing I, in my video, I called on other organizations to contact me because we do need to have a, uh, a coordinated attack. I say attack, there's an enemy, a coordinated strategy so that we're not standing at each other's toes and we present a common front in some areas, but we take advantage of our differences to provide um, complementary approaches in, in, in other areas. The problem is, uh, so far, no one's come back to me. So the AMA, they've obviously got their own ideas. They think they know what they're doing. They don't need anyone's help. And um, I'm surprised and a little disappointed that no one else has actually come back and said, yeah, how, how are we going to work together? It's like we're still very disparate. It's everyone's pulling, hopefully pulling in the same direction. But because we're not pulling in harmony, we may not have the amount of pull we need. And that well, ends my rant. <laughs> well, certainly, certainly, Bruce, we're, uh, from an FPVFC perspective, we're happy to work with you. We appreciate the uh, your presence and support. Uh, and so you know, we want to reciprocate. Uh, in addition, uh, we've been able to uh, contact a number of uh, vertical media, so not the general media. And I agree with you, mainstream media is, is critical, but uh, we are we will be able to get uh, you know, folks who are have a half a million, a million uh, viewers a, a month, and so we're uh, we're working with organizations of that size. So we're with you. We want to work with you, and uh, we, you know, as this uh, as your thoughts progress, you know, we'll work work it on this side of the the globe. And related related to what Bruce was saying, I'm curious to, uh, <clears throat> getting into getting more of the media involved, I'm curious to hear from the UFTA crew if Enoch or Old Gravy Leg want to speak about what they're planning to get the media more involved. All right. Well, uh, so we got a protest that we're planning on February 29th before the comment period is up, up across the street from the FAA. I got a park. I submitted a permit. Uh, I own a production company in Massachusetts, so I'm gonna try to bring down equipment for it. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So we're about to launch a website, start taking donations uh, to fund all the extras, like whether it be protest T-shirts or. Um, you know, pamphlets or signs that people want to walk around and pick it with. But I've worked out the regulations and I think I think we'll be fine legally. Uh be able to get away with a protest maybe even for two days, like the twenty ninth and the first. That would be awesome if the media would show up and cover that. Well that's the point. Funny... The media doesn't give a fuck about a Discord. <laughs> you know? Like, 
global drone pilots meet on the internet to discuss issues. Doesn't yeah, make a very good headline. Yeah. But when you show up and you're protesting and you look organized enough to have a stage tent and an audio system and speaker guest speakers the whole day, then it's going to be a little bit different. And we can so invite the media and have them talk to people. So uh, what's what's your thought on uh, what what's the messaging? Is it uh, along the lines of what uh, we've been advocating of uh, professional, pl um, polite, um, constructive <laughs> criticism, or are you going to be a little more combative? No, it's polite. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's doing. Polite, it's, but it's, it's basically like kind of hey, this ain't happening. Here, all yeah. these people are here and traveled however far to make sure this doesn't happen. Yeah, we're gonna be there to tell them you can go fuck yourself. If you're gonna put us in an FRA zone. Not happening. Not gonna happen. Okay. So we need a good cop bad cop situation again. This is about coordination. A good cop bad cop works really well because you get both you get people that are you know radically inclined and people who are more conservatively inclined. Another thing for the media point of view is um, I'm going to probably raise the issue. There's this crazy guy in New Zealand with the, who who designed his own cruise missile back in 2003 and tried <laughs> to warn the world about this catastrophe. And now he's saying I was wrong. And the risk really isn't there because it could have it could have been done at any time in the last 17 years. It hasn't been done. Security is not an issue. People playing with their toys in in their own areas, they're not a threat to the national security. They're not a danger to the public. And we're going to prove it because they're all going to fly together on this one day at this one time. And you will see for yourself. Okay. Well, I've been, um, Bruce, I've been paraphrasing something that you said, and that is... Uh reasonable regulations will result in large-scale non-compliance and uh you know that's a, a long and a, a polite way of saying that uh, uh it, it ain't gonna happen uh, people need to not be polite they need to get fucking angry and nobody's getting fucking angry like this yeah, affects get so much more than just us flying fpv drones this affects like the way kids are gonna come up it's the same stuff that happened with firearms, and look what just happened in Virginia. Boots on the fucking ground made a difference. Right, Nothing I was talking, was, nobody got I was hurt. Nobody was, I was talking. Well, exactly, and I was talking to my son about the uh, the Virginia protest, and you know, I thought you know the the protesters were brilliant on a number of uh, tactics that they used. Um, one is that they uh, they refused to be funneled into uh, pens. Uh, and they retained um, uh, uh, their. Um, it was completely peaceful, brilliant. And three, they, they, the icing on the cake is they ha had some of their groups stay behind and cl and clean the entire area. And I thought, oh, that's a high bar for any group to, to follow with a protest. It could have been, you know, just terrible, but you know, brilliant execution. On, uh, on a peaceful protest, and you know they got the message across. Say gravy. I'm curious to hear you say how this would affect your uh, your job or your professional flying drone stuff. I have. I'll have to get a new fucking job. I mean, that's that's. I'm I'm in the process of getting my private pilot's license because I have one that's going to be flying a planned 86 pound payload. And uh, now we can't even do that unless everything. I mean, that's another route we can go. We can register register everything as a uh, light aircraft or an experimental, and get an N number instead of a, you know, like a regular drone ID number. 
but it's i mean i'm screwed especially mainly flying around populated cities and airports um where we're screwed i mean what am i gonna do replace 14 different drones that don't have id tags i'm a a 61 year old old fart so this is uh, as impassioned as my voice gets but uh you know uh, you know, I'm I'm dedicating you know my time full time to this activity, uh, so we're dedicating a tremendous amount of energy to to fight this in any you know sensible way. And you know, I think as uh, as Bruce was describing, if it's a good cop bad cop, and we're taking you know, a uh, a more conservative pro- approach, we're working with the FAA. We're trying to be collaborative. Yeah, I mean, I think our approach is that's, that we know the FAA thing. doesn't give a fuck about us. That's we believe that, right? That the FAA doesn't care. Yeah, the military stuff. contractors want to want to get into that airspace and start selling uh, anti-drone gear. Some of the areas and, that uh, uh, that I uh, to make sure that uh, I don't know, if folks have started to pour through the uh, the the deck. Me first and foremost is uh, characterize the manufacturer restrictions to amateur built only if you uh, fall into amateur built only then uh, then you're restricted to fly in a free yeah so they're going to put and everybody's we, hobbies uh, also, in a prison then cell. we're looking at mission and airspace as a as a category um, and uh, to me the uh, uh, we we talk about shielded operations and uh, the, the approach that we're taking is that the standard UAS ID is probably sensible for the non-visual line of sight, but then putting forward for um, when it modified the limited section, uh, that to be what the uh, requirements are today, which is if it's in uncontrolled airspace, then we should be able to fly up to 400 feet. And if you're in controlled airspace. Yeah, I was just going to ask that text jet. Nope. Dave, your your to voice is like getting louder and quieter and louder and quieter, and we're only getting like every few words. I'm not sure he can right. hear us. With our finger, honest. a uh, polygon or an outline area shape <laughs> on the Lance app. Yeah, I'm not and so sure Dave can hear us at all. The cylinder or the column or the 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 three dimensional uh, polygon. All right. Well, you guys can hear me. What I want to know is why are we giving um, up any movement with this also, when the uh, arc finding into, didn't we'll probably find run anything? Another uh, quick survey. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, that is the UAS registration is one for every uh, every drone, and you know that's that's the way it is today. If, if you're flying 107. But if you're flying uh, recreational, you you register yourself. Um, and there's a uh, in the assumption data source surveys. The uh, doc the NPRM uh, characterizes RC model. I think it's two. I think it's about this two or three in uh, drones, and the lifespan is three years. And the average price of a price point or cost to us of a uh, of a drone is one hundred and fourteen dollars, and so these really important numbers. 
because if you think about, oh, it's a low price and there are not that many of them and they have a brief lifespan, then that says you could refresh the fleet across the entire country, everyone's uh, aircraft in a short period of time. So there's no need to uh, create any grandfathering. And Say, Dave, can you hear us at all? Should be able to be upgraded uh, with firmware upgrades only hey, to be compliant. Us, so uh, our assertion is none of them. Dave, you hear us, bud? Just to uh, respectfully and constructively. Uh, as well as uh, one of the first uh, comments that we had uh, this evening was about, you know, I'd really like to upgrade my existing uh, being able to retrofit and uh, as a standard uh, UAS remote, and meaning uh, that it should be able to fly uh, uh, beyond visual line of sight. Ah. All right, so I have a question for you. Are we giving anything up and not fighting to keep everything that we have now when ARC found nothing and they found no issues? And that's what they had in their uh, recommendations, final report of September 30th, 2017. Everybody should be posting that and saying this is why we don't need RID. There is no proof that there is any threat. Dave, were you able to hear Ravy there? Uh, just over the last uh, five or ten seconds. Thank you, David, for the text. I was uh, you know, uh, going off on a uh, soliloquy there uh, the entire time, so uh, my mic died. So apologies, uh, old Gravy. Didn't uh, didn't pick. I did pick up on the just the tail end of that. All right, Gravy, one more time. Why are we uh, not putting up a big fight and saying that uh, this is all unacceptable, even when the ARC, uh, when the FAA was ignoring the ARC? Is that sort of what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah, basically, is this is what everybody here can use to say, no, we, this is not going to happen. You represent us as people, and you're a government, so... Here's the finding. You're not going to do this to us. Everything's fine the way it is, and everything that's in all those pages in that uh, final report of the ARC recommendations, who, surprisingly, DJI was one of the only people that agreed with this and said, yeah, like, we, we shouldn't go any further with rules. Uh, I mean, because like, if we give them uh, an inch, they're going to take a mile. Yeah, it's exactly. again, Where it'll it go stop? right back to gun yeah, laws. So point. here is the that, here is that... the proof, and this is before the Reauthorization Act. This should have stopped the Reauthorization Act. Three thirty-six at that time was fine. And it's it's always best to argue from a place of strength, and then like if you need to compromise, you you're not compromising away too much. And if you, if you start with a compromise, then you're just weak, and they just steamroll you. And forget about you. They don't even write about they're you. Just gonna, they're just going to keep whittling away and whittling away and making a reason yeah. because you didn't put up a fight strong enough in the beginning. That's why the FDA is going I do to agree, the FAA. But... 
I would strongly suggest not drawing any freaking parallels to gun rights. That's a can of worms you don't want to go down and will probably be automatically. No, I'm no, I'm comparing this to what happened with firearms. I'm not saying to. Yeah, no, no, I I get it. But But I mean, mean, honestly, it's also that is the model they will use if they try to limit access to the technology involved in having Mm -hmm. drones fly. Right. If they want to limit that technology, they'll. They have a they have a blueprint and they'll use it. Like in, me, in my state, I can't have more than ten rounds, even though I have a machine gun license. Does that make any sense? It it's the same thing. Why can I have a, a drone that's two hundred fifty grams if I can't be trusted? Or if I can be trusted with that, why can't I be trusted with one that's uh, you know, a thousand grams or eighty? What pounds? what state are you in? Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, have a, I was going to say, I'm up in Wisconsin, and I got an M60 with a full train, and I, that's no problem. Yeah. I just keep it at the police station. No, no well, so here to, I have an NFA trust, and I can get whatever I want that, that the state allows, so I can't have suppressors. I can't so, have belt-fed magazines, but I can have a fully automatic whatever I want. So Doesn't to make build, sense. To build on your point with respect to the ARC, one of the uh, I've already copied in the FOIA number, so the Freedom of Information Act number, that thanks to one of our great members, uh, he uh, requested how many. You've probably heard me say these numbers before, but we'll, it's in writing in the document. Uh, and the, so, from 2013 to 2018, the FAA uh, states that there were 7,500 incidents, and through the FOIA, we asked how many confirmed incidents were there, and the number is 14, one four. So of those 14, there were no deaths, no downed manned aircraft, and so that's that's good hard data, and we, that's what will be in our document that everyone is welcome to uh, to share in, in their own personal comments. In addition, uh, in writing a document like the NPRM. Uh, the team that created the document is supposed to create a risk assessment. And so we've got a FOIA uh, up. It's been up a week and a half, two weeks already. And we have to wait 20 days uh, before we can start hassling uh, the people and, and find out you know, what's the answer on the FOIA. So we are optimistic that we will have something prior to March 2nd to say about the risk assessment. So. Uh, you know, we agree with respect to, we'll reference uh, the ASTM F-38 uh, work group, we'll reference the ARC, and we'll reference uh, certainly the first uh, Freedom of Information Act I, I mentioned, and hopefully the second one as well. Say, so Dave, someone earlier asked if we had had any contact um, with any of the manufacturers. Dan, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Dave, oh, but I'm dear. not sure you can hear us. <laughs> I think Dave's Dave just having likes some, to hog the conversation. Yeah, he's having some trouble with his system for sure. Yeah. Probably a two. <laughs> it's the same. So, can hear some people, but not others. It's, oh, uh, that's the, a the bummer. The Discord keeps dropping out. It doesn't like having this may, many people here. Yeah, go ahead, Ryefly. So I found out something actually kind of interesting in my local area. I'm, the, we have a few RC clubs, AMA clubs, things like that, but none of them are really actually... Uh, active and I found out by going down to my local RST shop none of them had any clue about all this stuff that's going down uh, so I mean we already know that advertising about it has been localized we drone people are heavy into it because it seriously affects 
uh, how we operate. Um, but now I've got, I'm, I'm in the process of reserving a local field, a local park to put on a whole just RC day just to get my local community involved. Because the more I talk to people about it, the more they're like, are you kidding me? This is insane. Um, local pilots associations don't even know what's going on. I've got a, I've got a, a, a client of my girlfriend. She runs one of the uh, helicopter tour areas. I live down in Myrtle Beach. They had no clue. They thought all drones that were out there were either DJI Mavics or military drones. Um, so it's at this point, I'm just trying to introduce a mass number of people into this, let them know the major aspects of what's going on with this, which, you know, we've all already discussed. We're all very, very familiar with it. Um, that's a, but that's a great, great approach. Yeah. I and agree. I've also got, totally a good I'm idea. also trying to get my congressman involved into it because he's very local because I'm trying to hit it from a secondary side as well with trying to get my local county to set up a very large RC park as a Freya, uh, make one that's for everybody, cars, mm -hmm. planes, drones, yeah. everything like that. Because my biggest fear is like everyone else's that the FAA is gonna give us the big middle finger, do what they want. And then we're gonna have Frias that just disappear within five to 10 years. That's 100% guaranteed. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. So, well, because all the fields are all they're all leased. They're all and then also owned by somebody. Only lets you fly to four hundred feet. You can apply well, maybe all the regulations are that way. That. Right. Yeah, but but I'm just I'm, saying, like when you're locked in a field, just fucking kill yourself. You know what I mean? Like fuck life. You're in a field. Right. But so, that's what that's what I'm saying. I want to create an actual park so that we have like an airstrip for for planes and helicopters, and then we got like. A mini rampage event going on so we have actual stuff for drones it's no different than what they did for skateboarders with creating large-scale skate parks and now there's entire indoor arenas for all that kind of stuff that's the last the ditch effort yes, when you try to get a parks. bunch of people into a small area to fly a bunch of drones that are operating on very similar frequencies then you are going to start seeing stuff fall out of the sky because you've got all these people just showing up to opposite sides of a park that don't, you know, either don't know or don't care. Um, and I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not perfect. That could pose a huge problem so, as well. I don't want to so pay another, the It's not perfect. You know, they didn't fight for me in this whole thing. So it's like, you're going to then cuck me into paying the AMA to go fly to field where all the ones near me banned me anyways. It's like, no, well, that's my so problem. All of my local AMA fields are anti-drone. Yeah. There's another another community, and that's uh, FPV Racing. And so we've gotten a hold of uh, DRL as well as Multi-GP. And so we're asking them to reach out, and we'll provide if they want something tailored uh, to get the word out to uh, the folks who fly at uh, races and or, or who are race spectators. And I would like to emphasize one thing that Ryfly said, that he went to his local hobby shop and made sure they knew about this. And it would be great if everybody who has a local hobby shop near them stopped by, oh, yeah. chatted with them, make sure they understand what's going on, and try to spread the word by word of mouth as much as possible. Bring the link to the NPRM written on a piece of paper, because it's going to be an old man there. 
<laughs> also not a bad idea. Correct. Yes Correct. and no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against <laughs> Oakland. <laughs> it's so good that it's pushed to talk because I I bought an old DSA off of that old man. <laughs> oh dear. Can I ask a silly question? Please. Um, is a is a netted um is a netted is the indoor flying is like legal, right? That's correct, because the FAA has no authorization indoors. So if you had like a big, like 4,000 foot high building or warehouse or whatever hangar, you're flying there all day long. That's correct. Uh, with, with that said, um, what if you have like a building with like netted windows where you can't, you know, you got windows, but they got nets across them. I guess that'd be legal too. That's correct. What if those windows got bigger and bigger and bigger until <laughs> well, there's a roof? Well, but then you're still then you're still caging it in with the netting, right? Like that's the thing is we don't want to be caged in. Period. Oh no, I get that, but you know, I mean, one could get ridiculous and have these thousand foot towers with all this netting between them. Right? Yeah, yeah, what you're, I mean, what you're talking about is everything would be. You're talking about every bar's smoking section now because they can't smoke indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Anyway, I, 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 everybody's going back to parking lots where we came from. Yeah, but so, anyway, so one, just one, of idea, the, but... one of the interesting um, uh, anomalies from the uh, limited uh, remote ID is if uh, that's a device that has to see GPS. And so, okay, I'm outside, I'm flying in my little 400-foot dome, and now I take it inside to fly. Oh, I can't see GPS. The device won't take off. And that's, you know, that's a unintended consequence, but that's, uh, you know, that would, would further limit a, a design uh, of, a, of a drone. Uh, so it's not the intent of the FAA to uh, authorize or to try to create any authority uh, indoors, but you know they'll be if if they go ahead with this uh, limited uh, device, uh, that that will be one of the knock-on effects. So I do have a question in regards to the IDs. the The FAA representatives at CES uh, said that the idea was that you'd basically have a RID equivalent to like google sky maps where you can just hold your phone up and be able to get that snapshot and it was only going to do a lot long of of location data and the uh the the registration number or serial number or whatever it is they're going to use but last i checked all of those registration numbers you could go then look up online and find out everybody's detailed information about it are they actually going to make that? Because they keep saying they want it public so that everybody can look and see who this is and see if somebody's legal. Is there, is, is there full intent just to dox everybody? It's it's to narc on everybody. Be able to make it easy for your neighbors. So let's break, let, let's break that into two pieces. The, the first piece, the one that just has so many of us just into apoplectic fits, is that you're the location of the operator as well as the location of the drone is something that the FAA has put in the NPRM as being publicly available. And that just makes us insane. 
It's because I agree. especially because I fly with my daughter and she's ten. Exactly. Supposedly they're supposed they're, they're supposed to also have some ability to like give you a code, and it'll, it'll give a code, and then you submit a code, and then it'll poop out. Right. That's the that was the that was the that was the second point, and so it, there is some provision for uh, for not all of your personal information that is available you know, theoretically to law enforcement only would be available so that the you can use your FAA registration number for that specific device or a, an aliased session ID. Uh, and to, to me, that's a, frankly, that, you know, great. So they don't, they, they can't easily, you cannot easily find out where I live, but you still know where I am as the operator and where my uh, drone is in the sky. And that it's just, yeah, that, that yeah, just makes sure how long there, we're that, out. That proposes like a, uh, that proposes like an even bigger problem yet. So you want us to be, to, you want us to have our eyes covered up, not able to uncover them quickly and have everybody know where well, the fuck we're standing with our eyes covered. Yeah, that's real safe for us. Nothing in this NPRM makes FPV legal. Well, the it and it also nothing in the uh, NPRM a it has a has a regulation yeah. against FPV. The NPRM uh, defaults back to 107 or to uh, 349, which says for recreational we can fly FPV, but of course we need a visual observer. So I'm just I'm just you know. Reiterating, you know, the chapter and verse, what's what the rules are today. So, you know, they're, right, they're even, you know, even we're still okay, fire. even with the NPRM for FPV, but you know, the limited uh, uh, UAS uh, remote ID in my mind is untenable. Spotter, no spotter. You know, flying in a 400 foot dome, flying in a, you know, and so I take my limited device to a Freya, and guess what? The devices can only fly in a 400 foot dome away from me as the operator because, you know, electronically that's uh, that's how it's supposed to be uh, established. Limited, yeah, limited RID. <laughs> so, yeah, not, yeah, you are, yeah, so we were, we're part of our request is that, uh, uh, we we feel that for recreational and unequipped uh, UAS, uh, that if you're in controlled airspace and you submit a uh, request to fly through Lance, you're, you should be good to go up to 400 feet uh, AGL. Hey, if I can spoof my location for Pokemon Go, I can spoof my location for drones. I was going to say, we need somebody <laughs> to start working on RFID spoofers. I I'm literally about to say that. Pretty yeah, I mean, fucking just simple. It'll be about a week. Mesh networks of spoofers everywhere on their roofs fuck it <laughs> but that's yeah, why that's it's supposed to be tamper resistant that's I'll correct i'll put one on the roof of my car and just drive around yeah yeah what are the what are they going to use an ftdi adapter nobody has those in this hobby right yeah i got a, one and spoofing gps is probably what you also said i, I blanked out there yeah we're also spoofing personal information so you can fuck somebody over that you don't like just by flying a drone over like a like an airport and or, it's a, problem. or a prison as uh, was uh, mentioned earlier yeah absolutely uh, that's a that is a uh, to me a huge yeah, issue what's, people aren't talking about how the price of drugs in prison is going to go up because of this <laughs> Jesus. someone had to say it <laughs> are they allowed to comment on the nprm they should be. <laughs> it's open to public. They are public. 
Damn, that'd be so funny. You just see like thousands and thousands of prisoners. Like, don't take my weed away. Um, if I may say something, it, I'm just kind of noticed over the years, though, that's kind of ironic because everyone's technically transmitting like it. You know, most people like, you know, 200 or me, like 800 all the time and stuff. And and so I got myself a FC, you know, amateur radio license. And so it makes me think I can do that legally and stuff. But, you know, before I was like all worried about it before I got my license. And so I did. And so, um, and so, you know, I mean, but most everybody, like probably 90% of the community flies without an FCC license, but nobody gets busted or anything. So, well, I'm wondering well, flying, if, flying with uh, it. So, so the FCC issue is a little different. And okay. so, and so what's, and so interestingly, the frequencies that we fly our VTXs on are in the uh, amateur uh, hobby. So they're really not even supposed to be used for 107. But let's assume that we're just talking recreational, we're flying legally. Uh, if one of the things that was, uh, that was happening in 2018, was that the VTXs were coming over to the United States and they were flying or they were transmitting into uh, navigation and emergency frequencies. And so uh, the the way the FCC circular is written, did I go? Oh. We could, I can still hear no, you. We, hear we you. can still hear you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? The way the circular was written is that if you are the manufacturer, the retailer, or the user, uh, you're culpable. And so we figured, oh my gosh, no one's going to be able to find us. You know, who's going to do this? So in, fa in point of fact, um, there are a lot of hams around the country who look for uh, you know, violations like this. So you could be tracked down, but that's low odds. But certainly the uh, the retailers were uh, charged uh, huge, huge fines. So you know, uh, you generally don't have them looking for that kind of stuff unless you start stomping on amateur radio signals. Then they will find you. Bingo. I agree completely. And also, uh, a lot of the stuff that you can buy in stores is FCC compliant, so it's not. Yeah, so that that's yeah, that's yeah. If it's part fifteen FCC compliant, that you know that gets better and better, and and we're you know, I'm optimistic that as our hobby advances, we we will see more of that. Uh, TVS unifies if if is compliant. I'm sorry. Say again. Is yes, it all of TVS yes, equipment I'm... is a compliant? Oh really? That, oh. Yeah. That, that is. It, that's why you have to. That that's why you have to. That's why you have to unlock to go to the higher wattages. Right. How 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 much? Well, given with uh, the other side of that, my reason why I made the FCC comment was um, with so little busting of people and everything because of you know all the bands because other people have used like one point two, two point four, et cetera, and even nine hundred. Um, what you know? So how how police state will the FAA be to find like people who will still fly? their drones and civil disobedience because you know some of y'all will not saying who might or Vol might not. Volley, have you seen the video I posted? The real consequences of drone remote ID? Not they yet. already have private military contractors ready to engage your drone. What they need is a rule 
that says you're a bad actor and you're a you're a criminal, right? So once they have a rule that says anybody without an RID is a bad actor, then anybody without an RID can be engaged. And then it's going to turn into a thing where there's a profit motive and private military contractors can get a cushy contract where they hit up a state and the states will say, listen, nobody's going to allow you to fly your freaking Amazon drones and have your deliveries unless the state's compliant. So the state will get compliant and they will hire these private military contractors to be like sky police and they will go and they'll freaking triangulate people and they'll do all the things that they need to do to find out where these things are. They'll put up like towers places and it'll make it really easy for them to find people quickly. And then they can engage them. And that might mean a $1,400 fine it might mean all sorts of nasty. So things. basically it begins a drone buster, buster, buster type of competition. It, it could possibly and it's not be even that hard for them to do it. Especially no, because we're running off of the five I gigahertz range, they can just publicly tap into every Wi-Fi modem that's put out there by every uh, service provider, and they create a blanket net, and all they have to do is look for that spike slightly outside the range. Yep, and then they can pinpoint it. Yeah, they triangulate with your neighbors, <laughs> and you would never even know it. Yeah, again, again, I can I can see this though escalating more because you know there are going to be other people. I mean, people who are going to still find ways around, you know, different frequencies, you know, hopping or optical, etc. And there will well, be I pissed off my HOA by going up and down and the block be, plugging in. And there will be people also make it their mission to try to take down. Exactly. Yeah. This is like when this gets passed, this is going to potentially open up a different type of market. I've had five friends of mine ask you know, me about this, like like the interdiction of drones as like a business they want to get into. Oh, jeez, that's terrible. Oh, and they're, they're so we're IT. all interdictors. Well, so here, let me let me just, post that. Let me just, men let me just <laughs> mention that. Uh, um, we're, we're one thing that one thing that Bruce said earlier, and, and one thing that was just mentioned, the there is no legislation that needs to pass in order for remote ID to go into effect. The FAA no. has the authority to set a rule. So, you know, the yeah. the legislation was passed back in uh, 2018 in their Reauthorization Act. Drone interdiction capture kill service. I'd also like to point out that we've been going for a little over an hour now. And we're going to have to start wrapping this up. But definitely, uh, if you've got more questions related to the NPRM, uh, fire them off before we have to call it quits for tonight. I'd like to make a statement real quick before we continue. That's OK. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're, um, so we, we, on this protest that UFDA crew is doing, um, we will have information regarding um, our procedure on February 29th. So just to kind of keep that in mind, we'll have all the details uh, on our website at www.ufdacrew.com. So is that, is that you? To a third-party website, because we're going to probably put up one directly related to the protest instead of running that on our website. But we will have links to a information website where people can RSVP, um, and we'll be able to start collecting uh, logistics info. So... I know if I have to scale up the uh, amount of equipment that I'm bringing. That's going to be in D.C., right? 
It's going to yeah. yeah the the FAA headquarters in Washington D.C. on February 29th, and we plan on bringing uh, the news media to us. So we hey, just got, make sure you uh, define which building because there's two. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to we're smack dab in front of there's one of four them, actually, so. but two headquarters. Oh, okay. There's a picture. Uh, we've we've of been working on this zone. for the last couple weeks. Yeah, here's a here's the map. I mean, we've we've map. been doing work for the last two weeks organizing this, and we're at a point where we're ready to launch it in the next few days. So just uh, check back on the website if you're wanting to know more about it. Um, we're gonna make this a public known announcement. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna get industry partners involved uh, as soon as the the website is up, and we're we're advertising. The industry partners will will get up on the website with us. So anybody who wants to partner with us in this protest, you gotta hit me up or hit Mike Rhodes up. Oh grave leg. Okay, thank you. Oh, that reminds me, Dave, there was a question way back. Uh, someone was asking if we've been in, in contact with any of the manufacturers such as Horizon Hobby or anybody else and if there's anything you can say about that. Yeah. Um I had the pleasure to meet the uh, general counsel of uh, Horizon Hobby. He's responsible for the for their uh, NPRM response, and uh, so I provided him with everything we've written, and uh, I'll continue that dialogue. Uh, we've reached out to get uh, FPV. Have not heard back from them. I have uh, spoken with uh, uh, the uh, head of uh, ReadyMade RC. Uh, reached out to Flight Test. Have not heard back from them. Um, let's see. Other nobody's heard back from flight test. Um, and yeah, th that's it. And then also our other retailers as well. But I think those are the the main manufacturers. And you know, as, uh, and I'm and uh, uh, also had a good conversation with Tyler Dobbs, the AMA director of governmental affairs. And I, I heard the comments uh, earlier, but. Now, this is along the lines of uh, you know, a common uh, unified voice is uh, what we're trying to achieve. Uh, yeah, yeah, question up there. How about ReadyMade RC? Yeah, uh, I spoke with the, the founder of uh, ReadyMade uh, RC. Any other questions? So someone made a comment that the flight test guys have been very quiet. Have they talked about anything beyond their couple YouTube videos about their uh, proposal uh, to be Bixler's, a CBO? Bixler sat down on an FAA, on an FAA uh, thing. <laughs> Can you say that again? I got a lot of people talking. Bixler was at CES and uh, was on Thank the panel. Yeah, I did see that video. Yep. We'll, we'll be reaching out. That thing was the FAA letting all of us know what they're really doing. I, everybody should go watch the FAA CES videos. They're disgusting. One of the things that was interesting that Jay Merkel said was, you know, we're going to have the ASTM um, standard as the reference standard in remote uh, remote ID. And that's a little different from what was written in the document. So pretty interesting comment. Yeah, it is. Is there even a standard, an ASTM standard? I mean, has that actually been written yet? Yes, it has, and it's been uh, it's through balloting and it's it's published. 
I can get to the right. I, I can uh, get the work group number of it. Okay. Well, you know what? It's, That's fine. I can look it's it up. It's the it's the F thirty F thirty eight group, and it has to do with UAS monitoring and tracking. Is the the work the title of it? Sounds good. Yeah, text jet. Well, this is the ASTM standard. You may have seen a YouTube video out there put out by Wing, I believe, where Josh Bixler was in it flying around. And it's not perfect, but it's way it's closer to something acceptable. Way... Blockness, you're feeding back. Okay, hopefully people were able to hear sort of what I said there. Yeah, I think we got it that the uh, ASTM work, uh, and it is the uh, the ASTM standard is what we uh, based uh, and pointed to from the uh, DAC recommendation to the FAA on remote ID back in uh, October. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty sensible. Yeah, Other anything else before we go? Is there any chance that they're going to back down from the you must register every drone to we could just do it as a pilot registry? That comes down to whether or not it's going to be all serial number based. I just need everybody to start being positive and, and believe that you can make the freaking NPRM say whatever you want, right? You just have to get your ass to D.C. and tell them what the fuck you need it to say. And it's going to say, none of this bullshit. Right? Oh, like, I'll well, be there. We have the safety thing. We have the safety thing. It says that we're safe. So we take that and we run with it and do a touchdown. Where it's is, DC. Uh, when is no it guns. Fight. Yeah, when? no guns, no drones. Don't, don't, bring, yeah. don't bring your no drones. drones. No guns. Yeah, because that's, that's a no-fly zone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No tiny, no tiny whoops. None of that. None of that stuff's going to be happening on this protest. Right. It's, Don't even we're, have we're not just there for drones. We're yeah. there for the whole entire hobby itself. Cool. I've got and permits for signs and picketing material, so that's all fine. When Excellent. when is it going to be again? February twenty ninth. All right. And yeah, don't be like no don't more. be like us in Virginia. Everybody thinks that we had a huge victory, but I can tell you, as living in Virginia. Everybody's looking at it like everybody that brought their guns to the protest are the ones that going to get our, our guns taken away. Hmm. Like, don't be don't be those people with your whoops and stuff. Yep. But yeah, we don't want none of that there. And if we do see anybody bring whoops and start flying it, we'll shut it down. And, if you want to uh, take a picture of your drone, like it just died, right? Take a picture of your fucking here. I've got a descriptive photo. Dan Hammer. We will oh, bring a battery. We will bring a battery. And a fucking VTX and plug in on you. If you do. <laughs> I want a bunch of like twelve-year-old kids holding pictures of their drone, like like their drone just freaking died, you know. And you walk around like that, and then it's like no one's scared of a freaking picture. We'll have um, balloons there that say um, a message on it, and. We'll be passing those out. So if you do bring a tiny whoop, put a string on it. <laughs> so grab the nearest kid and have him That's out. genius. Put a string right? on it. That's brilliant. That tethered flight's not legal. We'll have rental yeah, kids yeah. available. Everybody who's taking media pictures, grab a rental kid. Make sure that it's a freaking tearjerker, and we're good. Excellent. <laughs> Other comments and questions?
Hey, Dave, I, I've got a quick question for you. Um, do y'all need any help with uh, with research or, or looking for sources or providing data? I know the yes. FAA was looking for data specifically about some of those assumptions, like, uh, you know, the number of drones that are out there and the price of drones and some of that other stuff. Yes. Uh, could you shoot me uh, an email and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll divvy up some of the uh, the research I'm doing on that. I'm hoping I didn't just drop out. I heard you. Couldn't hear you. Great. Census, I just want to let everybody know that I lost all my drones in a tragic boating accident with my firearms. True. I, I'm sorry, I was there. I witnessed I that. was with, it yeah, was... We, we were there. Lost ours too. I'm and sorry. did you get the shirt with it too? <laughs> yep. And all the, the video too. I've ever taken uh, that I will ever post to YouTube has already been taken and recorded in the past. Yeah. Just pulling from the vault. I'll have to check to see if I can get a permit to do uh, amateur fireworks there. In DC? On the, on Probably the wall? I'm going to say no. <laughs> no. There, it depends on what's It's going to be a big fat no. <laughs> yeah. A mile away from the Capitol Mall, so I doubt that is ever going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, it's Not a couple, a mile. couple hundred yeah. yards. Yeah, if you're right there. Yeah, yeah you're right on top of it. Yeah. We don't. We don't want to call. If you pull the trigger, a, a sign comes out of the barrel and says "bang." You can't do that in the DC. So point we're having is a protest, go... right? It's got to look good. You know, the media is coming. Gotta, yeah, it's like, ideally, good. we make something we that gets, people on our side. So much momentum. Bixler, even though he doesn't fucking answer his text messages or his emails, he just shows up, right? Because he'll be a fucking fool if he doesn't. You know, and so that's where we're going with this. Like everybody's got to freaking show up. It's the last chance you have to show up. The whole point of this protest is a media, widely media coverage. I mean, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to spread. And the more people we have there, the better. But we're not there to cause a riot. We're there to, to you know, speak our rights on, on this whole matter of this proposal. We don't need anybody coming and jeopardizing the hobby any more than what it, it's already doing. So, you know come with the intent on helping change the proposal and, and be there as a supportive icon. Well said. Um, can, is, what's the, briefly, is other countries, are they gearing towards this? Or are there other countries that are more free, going to be more free than the United States? Canada has uh, uh, restrictions, about 250 grams or or worse. Um, uh, the UK has uh, very restrictive uh, uh, drone uh, regulations right now. The European Union has uh, is trying to. Uh, they have a document out that is uh, effectively a circular that describes all of what they want to do. And so, as they would say in Texas, they're fixing to work on it. Um, and of course, uh, New Zealand and Australia have uh, drone um, regulations in place already. I, and I don't know what uh, about a. And to build on what Dave was saying, the only other place that has remote ID-based regulations is the EU, I believe, which is kicking off this summer. And theirs are much less restrictive than ours. They're, if you comply with remote ID, you gain privileges. But if you don't comply with remote ID, you don't lose anything you currently have today. That's a decent plan. Like, yeah. if I could home build and, like, just 
you know, Velcro a remote ID on there and it didn't give away my position and I could dive clouds, fuck yeah. That'd be fine. But they want to make us prisoners and they want to kill STEM. So it's unacceptable. Yeah, right. and also it helps so many people who, you know, I mean, see this as like a, a you know, different way of life from previous things, from issues from PSTD and, you know, addictions and stuff and boredom. And, you know, just like so much knowledge is learned messing with it. Exactly. It's going to it's gonna mess with the technology as it advances. They're taking that ability of us being able to uh, come up. Exactly. They're, they're, we're going backwards with this whole proposal. Well, we'll go backwards while China puts their fucking balls on our chin. Because they're not <laughs> going to do this shit in China. They're going to be fine with you diving any fucking building there is right next to people. Still. And China's got basically simple rules. You stay away from military, you stay away from airports, you stay away from government things. If you don't, you go to prison and probably die. Otherwise, have at it. Give me those rules. I'm down. I know. I, mean, I think that's the way it is. Let's all, let's all go move in with Skadoosh. <laughs> no, they got that. I don't know how hard right I'm there. debating that. <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind, too, is to think about the chaos that they're causing by doing this, because we already know that as soon as this proposal gets passed, it's going to it's going to happen where drones are going to get flown anyways without remote ID. You know how many already pre-built drones there are? So I just don't think they understand the the magnitude of conflict they're going to end up getting once this proposal is passed. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, they're, 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 you're gonna have. As we, as we said, we think have, there are there are a number of people in the FAA who do understand it. They do understand that there's 1.5 million drones in the United States, and they do understand that zero of them are able to uh, firmware upgrade to be compliant. And they want us to submit comments saying that there will be right. mass non-compliance if this right. goes through. Right. 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 I, well, yeah, I'm not going to comply. I have fucking almost a million dollars yeah, sitting complain. in my Look, shop. We have, worth we of... have organized find me to death. We have organized crews right now that do it legally. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to end up formulating crews, and it's going to become trendy to be the criminal in flying drones. Yeah, well, I mean, how many people? How many people still skate? How many exactly. people still skate street, even though there are public skate parks? I mean, exactly. what did that do? Give a, I give never a, give went a place to the for the cops park. to localize people. Me either. I ran away from five cops at a time. Sometimes I was a, I was a professional BMX rider for 21 years, and I never, hardly ever went to a skate park. Not a ever. public yeah. one, at least. Where are you going to die? <laughs> I'm just Tony saying. Tony Hawk. It's going to be the same way with this hobby. And I remember the one good, good idea or thing that happened at a skate park was we got in a fight with all the rollerbladers. We kicked their ass. That'll happen. <laughs> You know, and then maybe we'll get an Amy. Fruit you know, oh, These old old guys will just fucking, you know, it'll be like uh, what is it, Happy Gilmore? <laughs> okay, the old guys are on the phone. Yeah. All right, guys, can we have a left hook like that? Fuck. Can we try to wrap this up. Or we're it's getting pretty late. All right. I'm I'm just I'm just getting Cricket. fucking fired up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even well, started drinking yet. I gotta <laughs> stop I gotta stop the recording so I can publish the video at some point here. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus, yeah. there's a video of this? Well let it be known that one of my coworkers got ramp checked for legally flying uh in Boston today and he got held up for over a fucking hour 
because he had all his paperwork and waivers and everything in order and it wasn't good enough. So thanks for costing us a, a fucking hour of production time. Oh, that sucks. It's yeah, a daily thing. It, it happens all the time, constantly. And for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I post a video recording of this to the FPVFC YouTube channel as soon as I can after the meeting's over. So, so for anybody who misses it, they can rewatch it. And we also have this available as a podcast if you want to listen to it. A video? Hey, I mean, hey, what video hey, is there? Well, it's hey, just um, a video recording of the Discord channel. So people can get see the chats and watch the memes go by. I just want to reach. I just want to reach out to uh, whoever that last caller was. Like uh, that was an awesome story. Uh, this is all gravy. Like I just want to let you know that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say if you're looking at that meme, drone interdiction, captured kill kill service, and you're working for the FAA, we still love you. Just don't be dicks. What's that, Enoch? All right, gentlemen. I think that uh, that's a wrap. Thank that you all. Good. Thank, yeah. Thank you all for joining. Thanks for the discussion. Thanks, everybody. See you later. You.